Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You've, I'm sure you've been in a grocery store since this all happened. Everyone's in survival mode. So when they can't get like toilet paper and butter, they're not going to grab for a box of snails. <laughs> I'm Rob Patrone. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I want to talk about actual hot takes and what this show is supposed to be a little later. But first, what are you cooking in quarantine? You roasting chickens? Baking sourdough? Sauteing asparagus? Let me ask you, have you thought about snails? My guest this week thinks about snails a lot. Taylor Knapp is a snail farmer. He founded Baconic Escargot on Long Island's North Fork, the very first USDA-certified snail farm. It's a place I visited last fall on one of the very last episodes of Restaurant Hunter. By Taylor's estimates, at least 95% of his sales pre-pandemic were to restaurants, Mostly fine dining restaurants, the kind of restaurants that, in most cases, have shuttered for the time being, or if they've stayed open for takeout, are doing simpler food now. With all this talk about what's happening to restaurants and the farms they work with and our food supply, it got me thinking about that snail farm on the North Fork, about an ingredient that doesn't seem to be in demand right now. I wanted to know, what about those snails? What about Taylor? You're an interesting story. You'd gotten a lot of media. I mean, when I had Restaurant Hunter, we did a segment with you guys. You'd done national media. I saw you on, what was it, CBS Sunday Morning? Like, you were all over the place. Magazines, newspapers, the first snail farm in the U.S. And so you you built up this reputation. When you're the first and you do a quality product, you plant your flag. You become the go-to for this thing. So even though maybe escargot is not something that's on the tongue for everybody every day, it's not at the tip of your brain, if you're, if you're eating escargot at a fine dining restaurant and that fine dining restaurant wants the best quality, they want the quote-unquote farm-to-table snail, if you will, you're, you're the guy. Yeah, it kind of, it, it became that. and and that was, it was kind of always the idea to hit, hit the highest marks we could um, in the food world and then hope that things kind of trickled down. So if we could get, you know, some clients like Jean George and Daniel Hume and some of these other, you know, big time Michelin chefs to, to pick up the product and vouch for it, then the smaller restaurants would see that. And then therefore, the home cooks that look up to these restaurants would see it. And, and, and that's kind of where our, um, you know, our retail sales come from our, our people that, you know, venture out to restaurants often and enjoy cooking at home. And um, so, yeah, yeah, we, we built quite a, a name for ourselves over the past two and a half years. And it took a lot of, took a lot of pushing and a lot of work. If you're not selling the snails you have, like, like what, happens to the snails snails are not something you can release into the wild like like what what happens well we plan you know we plan six to eight months out with our our product stock so um you know we were six to eight months ago we were planning for a really busy summer um so the snails are there 
they're not going anywhere. We've got a, they've got a five-year lifespan, so they're not at any risk of dying, but we have a very confined space. It's a hundred thousand, I'm sorry, a hundred, um, what am I talking about? It's, it's 300 square feet um, of, a, of a greenhouse space. So um, basically what we're doing is uh, kind of offsetting some of those eggs instead of hatching them to, you know, to make caviar with them instead. Um, we're, we haven't run into a situation yet where we're like literally dumping product, thankfully. We have switched the retail product to frozen. So that's another thing. I would, I would never um, in the past do a frozen product because we could handle the fresh, you know, we could make it work. I mean, that, um, was, your, that was your leg up. That was your advantage versus somebody getting it from Europe like they used to have to. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly right. So now we've, now we've switched gears and we do have this frozen retail product only because I can't, you know, we can't process fresh every week when the only customers are a couple retail customers here and there. When the bulk of it was restaurants and we we're doing pounds and pounds and pounds every single week, then the, the trickle of retail sales made sense and we would offset that to, to fresh and it was no problem. So it, it's all frozen for now. Um, and, and unlike a lot of farms that have more perishable items, we haven't had to throw anything out. Thanks. So then I guess the, the next question becomes, do home cooks have an appetite for escargot? I mean, it does sound like obviously there are people, if you were going to go into a fine dining restaurant and order escargot and you can't do that now, you're going to have to cook it at home. I think you brought up a good point that there are people that are home and bored and are looking for the next cooking challenge. I mean, how many loaves of sourdough can I see on my Instagram, right? You know, like, hello. <laughs> That's the answer, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guess with escargot, there is an intimidation factor because this is not a steak. It's not yeah. asparagus. It's not things that you're used to just throwing on a grill or or doing at home. It's not right. boiling pasta. It's uh, talk about that intimidation factor with snails yeah. and and how does the home cook get over that? Yeah, we definitely had to bump up our um are are getting people comfortable with this product game um so and it's the exact same issue that these oyster farmers are having right now that have always serviced restaurants um you know they have a they have a very challenging issue that a lot of people don't know how to open an oyster so. well let me bring up a point with oysters too i i actually find shucking oysters to be kind of fun and and like an interesting challenge but yeah it's not always the safest thing to be doing oh, no. during a pandemic because you can, you can hurt yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And this is not the time to be experimenting with things you've never done. No, with you sharp be, objects. You don't want to be in a hospital right now unless you absolutely have to be. That's yeah. For sure. So yeah, thankfully we don't have sharp knives involved with getting the, you know, the meat out of these things. Um, but, but the very same issue with that people perfectly comfortable eating oysters and escargot in a restaurant and totally not comfortable with eating or preparing it at home. So um, yeah, we're hoping to maybe develop some more recipes to make things a little easier, maybe some video where we show people, you know, a quick cooking segment, something like that. Hey, you've um, got an Instagram. You can always yeah. post those videos. Post, I think that's a great idea. So, yeah. so Taylor, now, I mean, you're a chef, you know what you're doing. Some Taylor Knapp uh, <laughs> cooking with uh, escargot videos. I love it. Yeah, Show people how to, to do Taco Tuesday with escargots. Right. 
Yeah, we need to do. We, yeah, it's true. We need to do more of it. We gotta. We gotta get there. And now the it, it's truly yeah. It's it's going to become a necessity. In the past, we didn't have to um, because we were selling to chefs that more or less knew how to do with it, or we could give them some very basic instructions and they knew what they were doing. Um, so we're going to have to develop more of those um, those those you know recipes and 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 tips to make it easier for home home cooks to give it a try. And you know offering some incentives like sales and discounts and that kind of thing too will obviously help, but we can only do so much of that because sales are hurting right now. So I was going to say, I, I mean, how long do you think you can go on like this? Well, it's, I mean, we're in a position where we're not a, a bulky company, you know, it's me pretty much doing all the, the day-to-day operations at the farm. I've got one guy that helps me with processing because that takes a whole long time. Um, but that's happening sporadically now. So we're pretty lean and, and we are with the pop-up too. And I think that's definitely going to help us out and, and be an advantage because these big bulkier companies with lots of employees and tons of overhead, um, they're going to have a hard time. So I'm thankful that we're in this position right now. And our, you know, our landlord for the farm is the Peconic Land Trust. So our rent is already pretty low and they're understanding our landlord for our processing space is, Stony Brook University, and they're pretty understanding of the situation. Um, you know, no one's giving us a total break, but they know what's going on. Um, you know, we don't have, you know, a huge manufacturing plant um, and, and lots of employees. So we're, we're looking good. I'm, we're not in a position where Pecanic Escargo is going to go anywhere soon. Um, I think we need to make, you know, we start, we need to start making these changes towards home cooks um, more and then as the restaurants come back onto the scene which could be you know quite a while um, you know get get back into that game too but another another thing that you know we've been pondering is once these restaurants open back up will they be financially or mentally in a position where they'll want to splurge on these things will they be buying caviar and foie gras and escargot at the same rate that they were before or is it going to be a little more meat and potatoes? And it's probably going to be the second one. So, you know, we got to figure that out too. Yeah, the whole world is is trying to figure out their own individual and cumulative pivots at this point, yeah. unfortunately. Taylor, where can people get the escargot? How can they order it? Where can they find it? Yeah, the easiest way is on our website, which is just peconicescargot.com. Um, right now... We've increased our shipping. We were shipping once a week. We're shipping four days a week now, Monday through Thursday. Um, so you'll get your product within a couple of days. Um, it basically ships the next day, unless you order on a Friday. And I have been fortunate enough to have your product. Uh, you have cooked it for me, and I have also had it at other places, and it is fantastic. So if you are in the mood for escargot, Please order Peconic Escargot. And to my listeners, if you do, in fact, get Escargot from Taylor, I'd love it if you could take a picture of what you cook, post it on social media, and tag me in your photos at Rob Patron TV on Instagram, R O B P E T R O N E TV on Instagram. Because I, if you tag me, then I can share it in my stories with all my followers. And I, I think it'd be really cool to get something going of people cooking escargot and sharing pictures. I, I don't know. I think it's a fun idea. What do you think, Taylor? I, I love that idea. Yeah. Give it a try. Uh, have a little, uh, 
you know, an escargot date night <laughs> with your <laughs> with your loved one, or simply by yourself, and uh, you know, pour a bottle of wine and and try cooking something that you haven't cooked before. I think you'll be um, pleasantly surprised at how easy they are to prepare and and how tasty they can be because it, it's really yeah, we're very proud of the product and. That and the caviar. Changed. I didn't even mention the snail caviar. Yeah, the caviar is a lot of fun too. We um, so it's the the snail eggs um, that we cure, and anyone that's kind of turned off by the idea of this fishy, intense seafood caviar is going to love this because this is kind of the opposite of that. So it's a little earthy, of, little vegetal. Yeah, it's got the salt, but then it's all mushroom, carrot, um, earthy, herby flavors, and um, it pairs well with. Uh, filet if you're grilling it pairs well with seafood if you're popping some oysters or you know making some kind of fish dish um someone posted it on their avocado toast the other day and it looked pretty amazing throw it on some eggs some eggs would be good yep yep uh and and i personally enjoy it with uh ruffles and sour cream and onion dip so that's, <laughs> nice that's my that's, i always love the highbrow lowbrow combo that's the, yeah that's the good quarantine stuff. take on it there you <laughs> well, go be eating sweatpants Well, Taylor, thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me. Taylor is also a chef. He does pop-up dinners, as you may have heard him allude to, and it was his time working in restaurants that led to him innovating and connecting the dots and coming up with the idea of doing escargot. And on the other side of this, we're going to need a lot of smart innovation. Okay. I want to talk now about this show, Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network. So the idea of this show, when I had the idea, and it was an idea that I've had for a long time now that I've been wanting to do and I kind of put off doing for a few years because life was just too busy. And then with Restaurant Hunter ending and me having more time, I thought no better time than now to just do this, to do a podcast. And the idea was to do a podcast I mean, the name says Hot Takes, where I'm having fun food debates with my culinary world friends and eating enthusiast friends of mine. It partly was an excuse to go meet face-to-face with friends. And the hot takes, you know, it's air quotes. It's it's not, we're not taking the hot take thing too seriously. You know, I, I, I laugh at some of the gas bags out there in other professions who throw out these just insane hot takes for the sake of riling up controversy. And that's not what this was. It was having fun with that idea. But right now, it's it's a hard time to have fun. And I so so the challenge in doing this podcast, continuing to do it during this global pandemic where so many of my friends in the restaurant industry, People I really care about, who I, I FaceTime with, I message with still are struggling, is that it does it just doesn't I'm trying to stay on brand on one hand and give you the the show that I meant to give you from the beginning because you know, when you start something, you want to stay on brand. It's important to stay on brand. And so I wanna keep doing hot takes and I wanna keep doing the show because eventually we're gonna get out of this rough time. And I also do think people want distractions. I know I want distractions. But right now, it's just hard for me to talk to friends who are suffering and, and, and have a, a joking conversation. And so I'm trying to straddle that line as best as I can. 
And I was planning this week to do that that piece with Taylor that you just heard, which is nothing to do with hot takes, uh, and then come out of it and maybe talk about some news of the day and have some fun with it on my own. But, I mean, like, what am I going to have fun with right now? Like, I, I don't – does anyone care, like – you know, Stanley Tucci doesn't know how to properly make a Negroni. Do you care? Is it worth? I don't know. And that story's over a week old anyway. I mean, I can make all sorts of jokes about ingesting Clorox and working Clorox and disinfectants and whatever and bleach into your recipes. Because, but do you really, do? does anyone want to hear that? I mean, I don't know. We need to laugh. We all need to laugh. We all need to have a good time. I mean, I'm sitting here. I wish you, you could could all see me right now. I'm recording this in my in-law's basement with uh, some pillows surrounding me to try to reduce the echo and people running overhead. If you hear some stomping, that's what that is. It's a weird time for all of us. And so just as a programming note, I wanted to kind of explain that, you know, I'm still trying to figure this out. We're all trying to pivot and I'm trying to pivot too with this show and give people timely content that can maybe help them or inform them, but also trying to find some ways to have fun. You know, if you go back and listen to the last few weeks, you'll find some of that had some spirited debate with Kush Bouchard of Food and Wine Magazine. Uh, you know, my my good friend Jonathan Lemire of the Associated Press, we had a little bit of fun with food and politics. Uh, you know, but you're also going to find stories like my friend Adam Latham, who owns the Gumbo Bros in Brooklyn and the challenges he's facing. And it just, it just puts everything in such a different perspective. So uh, what I would like is I'd like to hear from all of you. Uh, you can find me at Rob Patron TV on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can also, of course, anywhere you're listening to this show, you can rate it. Appreciate five stars, of course. But you can also comment on the show, and I will read those comments. And let me know what you want to hear. Uh, I did have one person reach out and said they want recipes and, and ideas to cook in quarantine. I think there's a lot of that out there. Not that I can't do that or won't maybe do that, but there's a lot of that out there right now. And, you know, trying to carve out a little bit of a different niche. So if there are things you want to hear debated, some fun hot food takes or anything you want to share with me, again, Rob Patron TV, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that's probably the order that I follow them cl most closely. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. And, uh, Everybody, keep positive out there. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, and next week, we'll have another guest. And hopefully next week, it'll be, maybe we can pivot back to being a little bit more upbeat. But I'm just being real with everybody. You know, I'm going to need some weeks where I just sort of do a little bit more serious. So anyway, thank you again for listening. Uh, we are, of course, on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Check them out. And, of course, you can find us on, again, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Rob Patron. Till next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.